0: Welcome to a very exciting episode of Oak and Bros. I'm Eric. And I'm Michael. We have the dream team in the studio.
1: How have, lucky are we that we get to work with our mom and uncle every single day? I think... How lucky are we?
0: I feel very lucky. I know a lot of people would like dread working with their family. Yeah. But I couldn't imagine it any other way. As long as they
1: agree with us. <laughs> I love working. They say we have the best podcast. <laughs> and we're so smart.
2: And, and handsome. And handsome, and too. Handsome.
1: Right?
0: Yeah. You, you, I, you hear Kevin's silence. <laughs> <laughs> but wait a
2: second. You've worked your whole life with family. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. dad was the big boss.
1: The big macha,
2: And um, my father worked in the company. And my mom worked in the company. And you have... What uh, I
1: find amazing is you guys have always you've come from a lineage of family-owned businesses. Um, is entrepreneurship in your blood? Both
2: That's an of you? interesting question. Like, Kev, what do you, what I do you don't
3: do? think it's in your blood. I think it's learned. I think um, it's the position your parents put you in. Before I was in this company, I was in a company with my parents and my brother um, in retail and Then we came here. All of almost all of us—not my brother, of course. My brother's wife came here. Um, So I I think it's nature. Uh, I think it's nurture more than nature. Mm -hmm. So you're saying that anyone can nurture their own uh, children to become a business person? I don't know if anyone can. There are—you have to have certain. I think. uh, I think they're definitely.
0: I think. Like. I think it's. it, It is nurture. but I think there is you have to have a natural knack for it just how like anything else in life like Mom and dad could have nurtured us to become lawyers, mm-hmm. but we they were went, trying with and, me and they try with you, and it wasn't successful. So, I think that you know, you have to know your kid, but, and nurture but why them in did that we direction. want
2: him to be a lawyer? I mean, for us, so it was
1: sit at the TLC all day and, <laughs> right? and pay off parking tickets, <laughs> right.
2: but the That's whole why like, they wanted yeah, but D- dad <laughs> wanted you to uh, be I a have, lawyer. I
1: have a photographic memory,
2: yeah, because you have a photographic memory, and he felt also that he couldn't. He didn't have the ability to understand when we get when when the era of lawyers came in he couldn't um, read he didn't understand the law so he wanted one of you to understand it listen i was trained as a teacher my father was a merchant and my parents did not want me to go into retail they put my brothers in retail but it was never a question i was going to be i went to college and And got my degree in three years you were going to marry a doctor a lawyer lawyer, right and then i married this guy who was out of work (laughs) (laughs) and didn't speak English well. An unemployed immigrant. Can you
0: imagine? No. I mean, imagine if your daughter You know, I never worried, though. I mean, look, I mean, love is love. Imagine Kayla brought home dad.
1: Yeah, she would be thrown out of the world. (laughs) 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 And the trust. I doubt it. No. She'd be thrown out of the trust.
2: You know, I never worried for a minute that he wasn't going to be able to support the family. he
0: was a man among boys. Right. There's no doubt about that. Right.
1: They don't make people like our father in this day and age. They really don't. And, you know, Eric and I, I mean, like, we're...
0: We certainly didn't take after him in the man among boys. You
1: couldn't. You had different circumstances. No, no,
3: you wouldn't let us. There's a difference. (laughs) It's not only that, (laughs) it's what you grew up with. You know, your needs were not... Remember, if your dad didn't fight to survive, he didn't eat. Right. You never were put in that position.
2: But he was in that position from the day he was born. He was born in a communist country post-war. He he had everything, he, everything was going against him. And um, as with our father, our father lost everything. It's and really
1: interesting. We had a, uh, I had a conversation with my father-in-law yesterday. And um, I don't know if Ornan's ever going to listen to this, but shout out to them. Um, We were talking how Sharon and I have both immigrant fathers. That's really funny. I never thought about that. And then you know Zev is from Russia, Dad's from Poland, you know, via Israel. Right. And um, you know, having an American dad, Eric and I are American fathers. This we're first generation. Right. um, Growing up and raising our children, and you know, we were talking about how like you know the the european fathers I mean they didn't play ball with their sons and I know that's a gripe.
2: Well that's a generalization. Your European father and I don't know Sharon's father was athletic. He skied with her. He did other did, things. Did still other there's, things. A there's a dad, there's
0: a different mentality being brought up by an immigrant and Gary Vee talks about that and, a lot and right? I, he's like yeah. he wouldn't be the person that he is if he didn't if he wasn't an immigrant and brought up by immigrant parents.
2: Well, well the, we had one immigrant. I just want to say Kevin and I had one immigrant Fa- you know, we, our father was an immigrant and a survivor. On top of it, our mother was American, born and bred. She was a Bobby soccer, but we lived with our with our grandmother. Mm-hmm. You know, she she shared a room with me for a long time. She shared a room with you guys, right, for a while. Yep, she was in, a, mm, you know, because right. we only had a three bedroom house, and um, and there were times when someone had to sleep in her bedroom. But so we basically had two immigrant parents. With um, our mother, would you say she was more like one of the kids, right? Mom was
3: our grandmother. Babied our mother. Yeah, she she, she was never her let baby. her grow up. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So we were brought up. The expectation with immigrant parents is different.
1: Right. Yeah. And and that's what that's what we spoke about. That we you know I, I said this yesterday when we've, when um, my in-laws were visiting, I said that having an immigrant father, um, when you have an issue as an American child, as an American son or daughter. That immigrant father saw so much worse and grew up with so much worse that they look Less at your problems it, yeah. and they go, Really? You're having issues with friends? I used to walk to school and milk cows every day.
0: You know, <laughs> right, like but they
1: weren't lying. They weren't lying. Yeah. So so your problems were never as big as their problems right. were. Right. And I feel that um, you know, the way Dad would just minimize, like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm feeling sick today. He's like,
3: well, you, can you imagine I going for lung cancer? Right, <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. He definitely had a way of minimizing, which certainly does put things into perspective. 100%,
1: yes. But it was annoying as fuck because yeah. they didn't, you feel that your parent doesn't respect. Mom was always very, like, you well, know, she nurturing. Over, she overdid it. it to yeah. some respect.
2: Thanks a lot, yeah, Eric. You mm-hmm. did. Yeah, well, no. I tried you, you to... Com- you see-
1: compensated
0: for his hardcoreness.
2: Right. I tried to see things realistically and from your point of view. Right. And one of our biggest arguments was I said to him, you have to change your expectations of them. They can't think like you because they weren't brought up in the same place as you. Right. And... Um, and just because he wanted something, this was a huge fight. I just remembered that this was a huge fight. I said, just because something is important to you or you see things a certain way, doesn't mean you can impose it on them. They have different circumstances and they don't get what you're obsessing about.
1: Kevin, did you, did you feel that having an immigrant father um, shaped you into who
3: you are? I always thought that my immigrant parent was my mother because she was from New Jersey. <laughs>
2: she was kind of foreign people right?
3: people can click off the podcast now if they watch
1: <laughs> you can stop watching now because we're getting the, the uncle buncle jokes right now <laughs> yeah. but um, we, need, we need try to the, the veal um.
2: <laughs> oh is that laughter no oh, that's yeah, crickets. No, crickets yeah actually it's the first time I'm pulling this the out the crickets are laughing
1: <laughs> uh, in all seriousness yeah. Yeah, that's it. Kevin say it again <laughs> 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 very very good <laughs>
3: Had I known this, I would have prepared. Um <laughs> <laughs> Just do that
1: after every up <laughs> that Kevin says. <laughs> we should carry that around with I us. Think
0: many people knew. I think we discussed it in a previous podcast, but Kevin tried his, his uh Kevin was on an episode of
3: Seinfeld. Well no his, no no his
2: my, name was.
3: My name was on an episode of As opposed trying to trying right. to be a stand up comedian. Right. I was a very, very poor stand up comedian. Oh. And not not financially. I was poor that way, too. <laughs> but we were talking about that yesterday. <laughs> 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 all right. In all seriousness, though, Kevin, do you feel that Zadie
1: Roman... I, I don't even call him Zadie Roman, just Zadie to me. Do you feel that Zadie shaped you into
3: who you are today? Well, absolutely. Um, I had a very, very close relationship with my father. I worked with him. I saw him every day. Um, he was a quiet man. He didn't share a lot because he came from a... Very, very tough upbringing. Um, didn't have the chance to, to nurture his life. You know, he At 16, he was in a concentration camp, so he did not grow up. He didn't get a chance to go to college. He didn't get a chance to finish high school. Um,
2: I want to add, too, that he led a very sheltered life before the war. He right. was like a, the epitome of a prince. He had governesses. They were wealthy um really he had a very sheltered life right. yeah go ahead kev his
3: father was a um wholesale fruit merchant who actually sold to the polish government his biggest account i didn't know was that. the polish government selling fruit and vegetables I'm so glad we're putting this on record
2: yeah me too yeah. i didn't know that i'm so happy we're putting and this i know on record. all that stuff yeah
3: but we had our you know our own bonding we would sit and watch baseball games every night but um, he never played baseball with you never had a catch room yeah you know, i think no he had but catch yeah. would once um, but
1: the yeah. idea of watching the mets every night uh with with your dad was clearly that was playing catch to him
3: yes but we also would go you know when i got older and you know moved out we'd call and talk to each other during baseball games which i now do my uh, my son stephen right that during baseball games uh, we'll sit and we'll sit on the phone for three hours and talk about the game it's just the way we live but we were talking yesterday phyllis and i um about growing up we didn't know we were poor Mm-hmm. Because we had food, and we lived in a neighborhood where everyone was lower middle class, I would yeah, guess. Yeah, I mean, there certainly wasn't any internet bringing anything to light. Right. We thought everyone, you know, we thought everyone was the same. And for for where we lived, we lived in a lower middle class neighborhood. We always had food on the table, and we always had there wasn't enough a warm jacket yeah but there
2: was never enough like in other words there was stuff you didn't you had your coat you had you got for the holidays you got a pair of shoes and it lasted for the whole year
1: I am going to speak from what Zadie said to me yeah he said do not listen to your mother or Kevin or Stuart when they say we were poor we weren't poor. He goes, Your mother had tap dancing lessons. Right. He said, your, your your uncles grew up in a beautiful area, in a nice home. They had help. They had um they had a, a housekeeper. They, and they he had said a, yeah. and he said a housekeeper back in the nineteen sixties was like, you know, you only rich people had that. So I'm telling you right now that you, you have your side of the story, Right. but when Zadie used to pick me up from school, because I always was fascinated with this, like, what was it like having mom, Kevin, and Stuart under one roof? And he said, he goes, do not listen to them when they said we were poor. He's like, we weren't loaded rich where we were, you know, bourgeois, you know, jet selling across the country. Um, but uh I, I
0: Zadie used to pick me up from school. Yeah. And do you think he knew that I was cutting? Because I would cut school. Be- I was I was in freshman I was in freshman year and sophomore year before I got my license, and I would call from a payphone. I'd say, "Yeah, uh, the the last classes were canceled." You used and to call come- him collect. I used to call him collect because I never brought <laughs> any quarters to school. So do you think that?
3: Do you think that he knew? He he had Stuart as a son. Believe me, he knew. Yeah, yeah. But
0: he right. he would come pick me up. He'd drop me off at home, and then that was it. Because you guys were working in Queens,
2: right? And yeah, no. Um-
0: I'd always make sure to call him.
2: No, he was just happy to do it for yeah. you. I don't think he, he, drove like he didn't, a ex- yeah, he used to, he used to take those bumps like it. Yeah. I, I never liked when he drove you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I understand what my dad was saying, that we had everything, but we didn't have compared to the standards of today. You know, I no, had to share. Get, you
1: can't compare that. But
2: I had to share a bedroom
1: with your grandmother. With my right. grandmother,
2: I we had one bathroom in the house. I mean, there was a bathroom downstairs, but it was just different. We had one TV until all of us got the measles, and then they bought a second TV. It was just different. We had three vacations in the entire right. Three yeah. vacations in our entire a upbringing. That's
0: probably three more than. A lot of people. A lot of other people. So Mm
2: -hmm. while we felt we were taken care of, we never, like Kevin said, we never felt we were poor. What the expectations are today versus, and and we lived in Queens, New York. So, we had less than most of the other kids that we were with. There was like a wealthier side of our neighborhood, and we definitely had less. I, had, We had less clothing. We had less choices. We, had, we didn't eat out except for special events, right? right. We, birthdays. And- birthdays. Like we ordered in pizza just a couple times a year. Just These were all special events. So when Kevin's saying we're poor compared to today where you eat out three meals a day and right. and you go on vacation and you fly. I had never been on an airplane until I was 16, It was just not, we didn't do those things. There was just not enough. You knew there wasn't enough. And I want to add that when we were looking for colleges, they had an attitude that I was the girl and I couldn't go to a a fancy school. I had to go to Queens College. Is that where you went? I went to Queens College and I I had to go uh, for a teaching degree. I remember having a discussion with them in the car and I said, I think I'd like to be a lawyer. And they said, no, what are you going to do? Get up there with a full belly being pregnant and you're going to argue okay you can't girls don't become lawyers
1: how things changed. and
2: well things were different watching the ruth beta ginsburg movie when, when i went with stacy i realized how much of a revolution i had lived through and i had friends whose parents absolutely refused to send them to college the college was for the sons so i graduated in three years to make room because kevin was going in and they were sending him to hofstra which cost them what seventeen hundred dollars yeah was hofstra
1: a good school back then kevin
3: no it was a it was an okay school Mm. it was not a great school but it was convenient but everybody looking back now did
0: did people go, go away to college then
2: they would yes they did but
3: when i excuse me when i was a kid and i used to i loved college football and on saturdays i would watch college football i always thought that people who were playing for, you know, Ohio State lived in that neighborhood. That's how they went to Ohio State. People who lived in, you know, Arkansas, you know, went to Arkansas, or you know, University of Texas. That's the town they lived in. That's why they went to that school. And that's what I really believed. And then when I was in tenth grade, we moved out to Syosset, Long Island, and I met kids whose brothers and sisters were going to places like Northwestern or Purdue or uh, University mm. of Chicago, mm-hmm. and it blew my mind mm. because no one in Queens ever went away to school. No, I'm not talking about big schools. They didn't even go to state schools.
2: It just wasn't in our wheelhouse. Right. For instance, I learned about colleges from Kevin's wife, Carolyn, when she started looking for schools for her son, Jason, for Kevin's oldest stepson. When they started to look at, co- I had never seen someone go out and go to schools. Like it was-
1: Kevin, it, when you moved to Syosset, you know, we're Siyasa boys, right? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I'd say born and raised Siyasa because we, you know, we we understand the culture here. Did you
3: did you feel that you wanted to go away to college when uh, you and all it the other? It wasn't p- an option. Right. That's. It's not that I wanted. All my friends went away to school, but my mm-hmm. <clears throat> I was growing up. My job was to go to college, and when I wasn't at college, go to work for my work my father's store for no pay, mm-hmm. and that's what I did. You know, I'd go to class in the morning. And then I'd go to work for my father, mm-hmm. and um, then I'd go home. Or, or if I had afternoon classes, I'd, work, I'd open up the store in the morning, work for my father in the morning, and then go to school. It wasn't an option. It wasn't that, that we said, you know, if you want to go away to a state school, if you want to go away to, to a Big Ten school, go ahead, do it. Or we can't afford it. It wasn't even an option because had I gone away, how could I work my father's store? Right. You know that was my job as the oldest son to work in the store, whose idea was it to
1: say "This is what you're going to do like was it Zay- did Zadian's off sit down with you and say, okay?
3: it was we mm-hmm. just assumed it was never mentioned uh, you know I you never l- had that conversation no I, we had, our goal our whole goal in life was that my father had a hardware store that uh, when I finished college. I would have a hardware store and then my brother would have a hardware store and that's what we would do. Mm-hmm.
2: And, and I was on my own with my husband. He had to the time
3: They were looking to, to open a thr- up a plumbing store. So for him. Right, to do a plumbing store because that's what they knew. It wasn't that they were trying to... I mean, to, to
0: be honest, knowing that, like we, like, we were always going to be business owners. Like, you know what you, I mean? You like, were like, always
2: going to be... It's, we're merchants. Right. When my father was a boy, the war interrupted his life. He was going to be an architect. His father was a merchant, but he wanted his son to be an architect. And of course, the war interrupted his life. He'd never got his diploma. He barely right. fit. He was a very bright guy. He, he was very well read. And when he came to this country, he was a traveling salesman. And, and he, he did very well as a traveling salesman. He supported the family. Like he said, we weren't poor. We had everything we right. you needed. needed. Right. needed. Right. Right. And we didn't feel deprived. So the point was my mother hated the fact that he was always on the road and she asked him they bought the store. I think they paid, I don't know, ten thousand dollars. Eight thousand dollars he borrowed from another cousin. Back then you went to your cousins, you went to your aunt's yeah, everybody there was no, had, an, there was no
0: angel investors. No,
2: no, you went and so they got the eight thousand and my father got the store. My mother, who was a full charge bookkeeper, Zaf, went and worked with him. She would see us off to school in the morning, and then she'd go and sit in the store. And as we got older, six, I went, when I was 16, I started working in the store, helping stock the shelves in between school. That's what, just what you expected. And I held two jobs. I worked at a radio store, Lafayette Radios, and I worked at Fortune House, and I sold jewelry. We all had to work. You were just well, expected. If
3: you had to work, otherwise you had no money, because Daddy wasn't paying us. Right. Um, Right. It just wasn't. Again, it wasn't. It wasn't that they were being cruel or trying to get free labor. It was just the way things were. I tell. How did they get into hardware? He just saw a store. And he would. S- he, he was. He was selling hardware. Right. Um, as, a wholesale, as, wholesale. As, a as a wholesaler. As a wholesaler, but not in New York. He that was his traveling money. thing, right? Where no, he, would he would first travel. it was
2: bakery supplies. No,
3: first it was hardware, and then it, it became was bakery, bakery
2: supplies, and. Um, it was just he could sell widgets it didn't matter he was a great salesperson you take a lot after he was a great salesperson and um, and so he had the store but they they always struggled there was just never enough people always owed them money they would say they they always let people extend these painters extend they extended credit and
3: that they would never get money they back they would never get the money back how could they how could they stop them because then they couldn't make a living
2: right so they would it, 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 it was hard and um, and so they wanted us to be college educated, but the intent was always that my brothers were going to go into the stores.
1: They never wanted you to go into the store.
2: No, I was supposed to become a teacher because I'd be off in the summer and and raise um, children and raise children. And I was I loved teaching. So don't get me wrong, I was fine with it. Right. And I did. I was. I taught for about an hour. You know, right. right before you were born and when when we got married. And then, Dad was um was I I put Dad in um. And uh, he was going to become a physical therapist. We, we figured he's good with his hands. Our
1: father? Yes.
2: I got him into Nassau community, into a program. He showed up to two classes and said, this is bullshit. I, I can't do this. And he started cutting class. And um, he started to drive the a. The apple doesn't fall far from Right. The tree. Yeah. He started driving a car to make money for an engagement ring. And he said, I like this and this is what I'm going to do. And I remember... We were all, my father was, who uses limousines? This is crazy, but he went after it. And then I was teaching, and he said to me, "Um, I need you to stay home because you have to read and write the orders, and you have to call up. You have to start calling. I said, I don't know how to call. He says, just get on the phone. If you don't call, we're not eating this weekend. So I would get on the phone. I took the Yellow Pages, and I would call local limo services and look for weddings for the weekend. So you made it up as you went along. It wasn't like we ran business after we watched all your YouTube. There was no YouTube. There was no but you just tried things and if it worked, you did it again. Yeah, but, I mean,
0: things moved at such a slower pace back then. I would imagine that, you know, now, you know, there was no email. There was probably barely fax, you know. No, right? there were no faxes. Right. Yet. There was, there wasn't even a fax machine yet. So things just moved slow.
2: Answering services were those machines in the house. Yeah. Um you didn't walk around with a cell phone; you you just right. had to be available. I mean, were there credit cards? We got our first credit. I'm going to answer this. Yeah. We got our first credit card. We our air conditioner went, and you were a baby and had asthma. So and I had to
0: figure this was seventy nine. Yeah, or something and we like had that. just bought
2: the house, and the air conditioner went. And Sears, um, I I was crying on the phone. I couldn't pay the eight hundred dollars to get air conditioning, and they said, "Well, why don't we fill out a charge for you?" And that was our very first credit like, card.
0: That was probably, like, they probably didn't have a 24-hour call center. You couldn't, you know, just, like, life was so different. And it's honestly hard to imagine. Like, I'm, I'm thinking back to when I was 14 and, like, AOL just came out and stuff like that. And email was like, Kevin's like, why do we need email? Who needs email? You know? And it's just like, now you look at what this technology has bred across the world where everything just got so big and you can move so fast and it's can,
2: instantaneous yeah, and
0: you but like you can grow so fast mm-hmm. and like there's literally no excuse and to like go back then and build any type of business
2: it's a miracle
1: mom what do you think would have happened if you would have had this technology back in the 70s if you would have had podcasting like, to thousands of people we if couldn't i'm had,
2: gonna now here okay i want you to listen carefully we couldn't have entered this stage of the business without you guys like in other words kevin i i took daddy from let's say one stage a stage where my parents couldn't dream to go right i i used my education and my experience to get to that stage and then kevin came in to the business he had a store a hardware store and Mm -hmm. he sold it and he came over one day because the computers crashed And he helped me write 5,800 bills. Do you remember that, Kevin? Mm -hmm. We sat down. And he didn't know anything about the clients, but he knew. It's just right. we, like through osmosis, I guess, because right. every Sunday we always had dinner together, and Kevin and Carolyn were there, and everybody knew the business. We would always talk the business. everybody everybody in our family, I think that's the difference when you're a merchant, you talk about your business, you share. It's part of your it's part of your DNA. And so he came in and he helped me write those bills in 24 hours, 48 hours. Right. And I turned to Danny and I said, "We can't let him go. I have to." He has to work with me. And um, D- David came and made you an offer, right?
1: That you should have refused.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but but what did right. I tell you and this goes back to family working with family. What did I tell you?
3: You said my first thought is not a BLS every day I shouldn't come to work. Right. right.
2: And no hard feelings, yeah. right? It was no, no hard, hard feelings. feelings. And what did I tell you about David?
3: First thought had to be of him.
2: Right. That and he was the ki- even yeah. if you disagreed, you had to He was king shit. Yep. He was king shit and
3: And believe me, we disagreed
2: A lot. A lot. Well you're fundamentally different.
0: Yeah, but you need that yin and yang. You no, can- that's fine. We, you <laughs> know, you, you we you know, we couldn't be in an echo chamber and us four people we're running BLS now and we all have differences of opinions on right. things and the best the best decision always rises to the top.
2: Right. Or even if you feel it's not the right decision, when you listen to others, yeah. it, it puts doubt in your head and you go, okay.
3: Or even if you don't agree, when you make a decision, you live with it and say, right. okay, let's make the best of this and let's go on. There have been things, and I've certainly made mistakes in this business, yeah. and um, yeah, <laughs> I can admit to them, they were just big this mo- mistakes. Just this morning, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. That was um, unfortunate. <laughs> that, was, that was that. Neil's fault. <laughs> 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 when i was growing up um you asked about if i knew i was going to be the hardware business that was planned right my father always said you open up a hardware store you become a pillar of the community people need a nickel washer they come to you you're not going to sell them a 20 dollar faucet that's the way it is you you know people respect you they uh you become part of the community it was very very important and then home depot opened well that was before even home depot my father i opened up a hardware store in 1979 my first one and two months later, my father sold his business and said, this is crazy. People need nickel wash. They come to you. They need a $20 faucet. So they go to two guys. Mm-hmm. And he got rid of the business. And there I was standing in the business and saying, you know, this was my whole life. This is what I was supposed to do.
2: <laughs> but then you went into janitorial, in the, right, industrial, industrial,
3: hardware supplies and, and apartment house supplies. And that worked. But somewhere along the way, I said, you know what I'm really missing? retail." And Stephen um, Mark Stockings, no, 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 that, <laughs> was after. that was after, that was that was after Fashion Fit by Stephen Mark. That was the um, name of the company. When, but um, we said let's get retail. So we had this little, you know, building where we had you know tons and tons of you know supplies, and it was a good life. We didn't really work very hard. Um, we saw clients and we sold industrial supplies, and we had two trucks running, and it was great. But I thought retail was the way to go, and if you don't like someone, don't wish them misfortune, don't wish them illness, don't wish them anything bad, wish them retail. <laughs> there is no worse <laughs> life in the world than retail.: so.
2: Now the service industry comes but in. Kevin, let me
0: ask you a question. yeah I'm, if you I if, just want to echo yeah. what Mom said, the service industry is is like tied for first,
2: mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, I like it. It's, oh, I love it. No,
3: it, we, we it. Love I love it. it. But, like, but you know, it never stops. It's always it's 24 in, in the hours service a day. industry. You you eat shit, right? Yeah, day every, in, day. Day yeah. Out. every day, day out, every. It's always your fault, even if it's not. Yeah. Right.
2: Yes. and there's so many variables.
3: Yep. on one reservation, there's a hundred variables. 100 on any parts. service basis, I mean, it's you know, terrible. plane doesn't fly. No one says I'm never using Delta again. You know, <laughs> it just doesn't happen. The plane didn't take off. The driver sneezed. I'm done with BLS. So. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Literally, in that's that, happened the, before. That but, yeah. has happened before. Yes, the driver sneezed. <laughs> mm-hmm. Kevin, if you can redo it all over again, and mm. don't don't do it for anyone's feelings in the room, especially for Mom, but if you can pick any school that you would have went to you were a
3: bright guy growing up you were so smart what would you have done what i I would have done is i would have bought apple at (laughs) a (laughs) dollar
0: and just hold on so you would have just held on to it would have been a stock
3: trader no i just would have bought apple at a dollar and today i'd be um too rich to talk to you right Mm -hmm,
2: right. The, the thing was we did what we knew so you see now, I mean, Kevin. You, you
0: guys were just—you guys were farmers.
2: We were—we were peasants. Yeah, we were peasants. But you know, going now, Kevin's household, right? You have a household. You raised Amy. three children. Yes. Right. She, your first son, your—you know, uh, Carol's son, right? Mm-hmm. She sent him. She had a dream of law school. It wasn't your dream. It was her dream, and she put him through law school. And from your dinner conversations, right? Dawn went and became a teacher. Right. And then Stephen went and became an attorney also. Your right. son, Stephen, the baby, became an attorney S- versus Stewart's household. W- our younger brother, his son went to college. We all sent our kids all to college, right? Mm-hmm. And then when he got out, he put him into locksmith. Stuart's a locksmith, right? He's the, we call him the pick of the litter, right? Mm-hmm. So he, he went to locksmith school from the hardware store.
3: Mm-hmm. Right. He
2: sent his son to to locksmith school
3: after he graduated college. After
2: he graduated college, and Jane's son—that's his wife—sent her son for uh, to be a lawyer. To be a lawyer, but he's working side by side with them, in their place. He's almost in business for himself. And now Robert just finished. He graduated college, went to Disney, like lived out whatever dreams fantasies he he had and now he's working side by side with them in the business so the point is you do what you know even though i went to college daddy didn't go to college so he pushed you towards being business people i insisted
0: dad Dad always said he's like don't drive yourself too crazy because you can always make a living with 10 cars
2: right Right, that was his.
0: You know, and that, that, that makes us feel good because, you know, like, yeah, listen, we're one of the largest in the industry. I feel we're really good at what we
1: do. We we're are confident. the largest in, in what we're doing, family owned and operated with the amount of cities that we're in. Yeah. And, you know, the, no OPM. No OPM. Yeah, that's, so that's we are huge. we are the largest in the industry. But he pushed you. Push you, can you. He said living. you could yeah, make yeah, a living. Yeah, and that, that's always very comforting to fall back on that. Well, that's why mom and dad made me get a teacher's degree. You know, I went and I, I majored in English, I minored in education. And, you know, I wanted to do film, right? I wanted to major in film. And that was, I took a few film classes. That was brutally boring. <laughs> you know, I thought I knew everything about movies. But when they're teaching those black and white flicks from the 20s and 30s, it's just, it's torture. So um, I, mom and dad made me major in English education. We, we didn't
2: make you, we made you they choose. They held the gun to
1: my head <laughs> and they said, you better get a practical degree. A
2: practical degree. That That's if right.
1: the business ever fails, mom and dad were always big on fail safes, that if this thing doesn't work. You will be able to fall back. You know, twenty years out of college now, and my teacher's degree is is worthless as you know
3: this time. It's not worthless because you. I no
1: no I, I don't have the, uh, it, the the credits lapsed or whatever it is, but like I can't. I'd have to go and redo everything. You should. You to should go. Totally you go should. Back to you too. You should become a plumber. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: okay. I would. You know what? That is probably one of the most underrated professions: plumber, electrician, yeah. carpenter. Yeah, you know, if you if you have those skills, which I you know I you don't I have two left hands right and I'm afraid of electricity <laughs> but, and shit. So, you know, those things to are much, it, Those yeah. things are pretty much out for me. But if I could and I didn't have BLS, um, that would probably be first on my list because if you have any type of business acumen, you can become a really successful plumber. And you could become a really successful
1: electrician. Like our friend Tommy. Yeah. You know, Tommy opened his own business. Dan Shout out instaplumber.com. Yeah. Tommy really um he started with you know, working uh, at a local company. And then he moved and he opened up his own firm and he's doing really well.
2: Well, daddy made him get yeah, his license. He kept saying to him, get your license, get your license. Yep. He was a big believer in licenses. He pushed Stuart. Stuart led his locksmith license lapse, right? Mm-hmm. And he pushed our younger brother to go back and get his license. And that, that's what started the whole thing with Matthew becoming a locksmith as well. Sure. But the point is, there's one thing you're all missing. One thing you're all missing. Work is what you do 90%, <clears throat> 80% of your day. And the one thing we always wanted, daddy and I, and my mother, I could say my mother, I, I don't know about Dad, our father, but I know my mother and dad and I always said, you have to like what you do. If you're not happy hundred percent, with what you're doing, then find something that makes you happy.
3: But that doesn't mean you're happy all the time.
2: No, you know that's it, true.
3: It doesn't, you know, part of the fun of working here being part of this is there are tremendous lows when things go wrong when things uh, happen that are out of your control or things that are in your control and you didn't put in this the failsafe to stop and something goes bad there's no worse feeling but there's no better feeling when when things are flying high and when things are growing
2: or when you come out of that
3: right when you, when you 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 figure out a way to fix it fix it or for whatever reason you lose an account and a week later, you have an account that's ten times bigger than that account. It happens right. all the time. It I, I call it a synchronicity with the
1: universe, call it luck, call it whatever you will. I love coming in every single day mm-hmm. and knowing what the bank is going to be, knowing that the bills went out, knowing that you know <clears throat> we did a few thousand rides yesterday and everything went perfect. Or there was four major events in L.A. You know, I, I sent out this this post on LinkedIn. This is the truth. I can put my head down at night. Dad taught me this. Can you put your head down at night knowing you did the best job you could and you have a team that's taking care of everything? Yep. And, and I can. Mm-hmm. As an owner of a company, I can. The teams that we have, I, I just, I don't worry.
3: This business is different than most because it's 24 hours a day, seven days yeah, a week, course. 365 days a year. And this Saturday, we have six events going on in L.A. five different award shows this this Saturday or was it last Saturday uh, no no next Saturday yeah we just came
1: off a huge weekend of events Kevin were there ever times where you couldn't sleep because of these events yes
3: yes but because that was was management there right it was the management and but
2: and you didn't have the right tools right
3: you you weren't connected like you are today there were times when we were running events I would sit in dispatch till two three o'clock in the morning before I would leave yeah and I don't drive and then you know sometimes I would get a car home sometimes I would you just drive everyone uh, crazy yes mm-hmm. I, I would um take the trip to the railroad home that was for me not for you <laughs> thank you I appreciate that I'll try to remember that but um there were times I mean I remember when we went to computers and um being sound asleep at two o'clock in the morning someone calling the house phone because we didn't have cell phones back then right and um to tell me that they can't print a dispatch sheet at 2 o'clock in the morning. I said, well, you printed one at midnight. Do you have that one? He goes, yes. <laughs> I said, there better be smoke. You better, if you're calling me at 2 o'clock in the morning, Right? It better, there better be smoke, and I should be the second call. The fire department should be the first. Right. Um, but, yeah, the, when you start, when you grow and you don't have the tools, it gets very, very complicated and very messed up. But there's so much exhilaration. You're running on adrenaline. You don't feel tired.
1: Kevin, do you feel you, you are you are one of the faces of this industry? Do you feel it would be easy for someone to start up a ground tra- transportation company today, or it would be extraordinarily difficult? I, I'm on the fence about that.
3: It's difficult today because of the limitations, the insurance, the insurance requirements are, are tremendous. The there are very few insurance companies left just to get someone to write your insurance. Um, back in the old days, you know, a big fleet was 15 cars. Right. Uh, uh, you know, a 10 car fleet was a big fleet. Today, everything's because of the, because you can run. You know, because when someone calls our office, our 800 number today, they may be speaking to someone in Albuquerque or, or Atlanta or Las Vegas or Los Angeles or New York. It doesn't matter where you are; mm-hmm. they're all in the same system. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that wasn't a joke, by the way. We do. We are open in Albuquerque. Yes.
0: <laughs>
1: Yeah, <laughs> It sounded like it was a show. It doesn't that's, matter. That's, that's, Singapore why you hear, <laughs> <laughs>
3: that's why you didn't hear the... Um... The, the, the yeah. drum. Mm-hmm. You're good, Kev. But to open up a limousine company today would be incredibly hard. If people want to make money, they should open up in Vegas. <laughs> 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 that again.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, it, there's also regulations. Yeah, like that's you have what to, I was going at. You, yeah. you, you have, have to right. know... I mean, now
0: insurance is so wacky.
3: And, labor uh, laws labor laws we, we have an on-site lawyer we've had one for 30 years now yep. working for the company in our, in our office um, who doesn't even do the law but he his job really is to talk to the law firms in everyone in the cities we're in right
2: and explain when something goes wrong being the one to determine oh, we need a lawyer for this or or we should we should check what what uh, you know somebody in legal is going to say. When we landed the studios our big accounts 35 years ago 40 years ago it was a handshake i didn't even travel to the west coast it was yeah.
0: you know we're 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 winning rfps this year and we're, and we're doing things and the the uh the hoops that you have to jump through now i want to say
1: onboarded with these companies it's just breathtaking i have news for you i have news for you i know you're kind of i don't want to say new you're not a newbie into the business but when it comes to procurement, I've I have been dealing with the procurement people. Yeah, but you for, know, since I got here, and it, it's definitely it was it was easier. It, it was all beginning. about
0: pricing. Nobody gave a shit about security. Nobody right. gave us stuff about right. confidentiality. Like they cared right. about confidentiality, cyber security, cyber security. But now the technology audits, and they do background checks for years. And, you know, you have to pass, you have to have a squeaky clean history to, to be involved
1: with these with these. And, we're, and we cor- are. Yeah, and We're yeah. passing with flying colors. The right. problem is that an RFP used to take six months. Michael,
2: right? I never filled out an RFP. Right. I, mean, I think Bill filled up. Bill Kane yeah. was the first one right. that oh. ever filled out an RFP. We never, we, the basis, the skeleton, the bones of this business was built with just handshakes. phone calls, right. handshakes. And we never had that today it's, to I've get in.
0: It's never going to go back.
2: To no, that. of course not. But there
0: are instances where th- there is still a handshake, but it's generally not going to be with with a mega corporation. It's not going to be a
2: legacy again. account, no.
3: Right. What were you going to say? Ken? I was going to say just the what Eric's talking about before. Um, the cybersecurity, you know, especially with financial firms, they could take a year just to do their due we're, diligence. We're in the
0: we're in the, we're in that process right now.
1: Right. I, I, but I want to say, I want to say that's that's been going on in my department for a long time now. You know, very rarely do you have a client that calls up on a Friday and says you're in. That's it. Mm-hmm. After a cold call or after a meeting or whatever, yep. there's generally a lot of red tape that has to be cut through that people have to cut through. But but us being on this podcast, like we went, I, I mentioned this in another podcast. Um, we're being vetted by these mega corporations. And each one of them, these heads of procurement is going, love your podcast, mm-hmm. where they're, they're yeah. sitting in there watching That, that Eric just and happened I...
0: yesterday. And that, that's it's awesome. And it's just like, let's go record, <laughs> <laughs>
1: go, yeah. Yeah. you know, like they're, they're, they're hearing us. And we're, what we're doing is, I mean, what I look at this podcast is it's kind of like an RFP that works. We're, ex, we're exposing. It humanizes us. Right. That's it exactly. It humanizes right. us in a
0: world where people don't know who you are. Right. And now, if somebody wants to know literally anything about us, it's all for the world to see. Right, mm-hmm. right.
2: I love the legacy that you're creating for the kids. Oh, that,
1: that's 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 my favorite part. I was like yeah. so happy that the two of you spoke about Zadie and Soft and the right. hall. and like there's a little bit of history there that like, right you know that's now that will be forever on right. YouTube. Right, you know, That makes me feel really good that you guys. I can...
2: even I even learned something, and I, I fancy that I'm. And the, you know everything. Yeah, I know, but I fancy <laughs> myself everything. that I'm the uh, the family historian. Right, but. Um, Going back to what I started, Kevin took the company to the next level that I could never even dream when he took us global. He he opened up the global network um, literally while we were on vacation. He did it. Daddy went away because Daddy was very much against it, and Marilyn, came back.
1: Marilyn took the company to a different level, To
2: a different too, level. With, so right. each everybody, time—
0: Everybody contributed, and then Michael and I came in, right. and we had, a lot the young of different, we had a lot of different ideas, and I'm pumped for the kids.
2: Right. You know, right. I wonder
0: if I'm going to be like, you don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> be like, go wash the cars. Well, so that we brings are, us we, back to my question. Mm-hmm, sure.
2: So th- there were pitfalls of coming in and working for your family. Like sure. for Kevin had to deal with, he knew daddy on a very personal level. He knew I was his big sister. And now well, I, I never made you feel that you were working. I, I hate when people say you're working for me, right? So I never made they you do.
3: But but the truth is the truth.
2: Yeah, but and we've never had that relationship. We always said, even David said you were working with me, right? Yeah, but. Uh,
3: when when I when I agreed with him.
2: When you agreed with it, but but he always listened, and then he would always blame when things went wrong. <laughs> but the bottom line yes, was I'm on gonna Sunday. Just going to say uh,
0: five minutes because I have a conference call that I have to get on.
2: Okay, every Sunday. What did we do, though?
3: We talked. We, we were family.
2: Right. And, Whatever differences we even had. Even if
3: there were big fights on Friday, Sunday, they were never mentioned. Right. Yeah. We could talk about business, but... I mean, that's generally how we,
0: we are with the staff. Right. No, I'm you know?
2: talking about when you're in a family business, that's I the one but we thing. Treat,
0: but we treat everybody the same. We do. That, that it doesn't matter... If there was an argument, you're still going to ask, hey, how's your mom? Right. How's your son doing? Did he win a right. football game? You know, one thing has nothing to do with the other. And when you're in a family business, you have to make sure that that bleeds through and through. And, you know, through thick and thin, Right? you have to be there for everybody. Right. Arguments are very healthy.
3: Right. Arguments and disagreements are Especially very healthy. Especially when I'm right. <laughs> when you think you're
0: right, anyway. Um, All right, listen, I got to run, guys, with that. Guys, that was a great podcast. That was thank you so for interesting. I, know, I know we can for talk us. for like two or three hours, but we'll record again tomorrow.
1: So uh, whatever. I'll shave. Thanks everybody. Goodbye. Bye bye. Thanks. Bye bye.